This is a disaster. Yes, we're a fortnight late with this episode due to an episode of my own. Oh, are we going to have a health update? We are. In short, I bonked my bonts on an open kitchen cupboard door. Oh. Spent the morning in A&E swearing and bleeding profusely. Oh dear. And was advised to take bed rest for five days, which I'm pleased to say I took to like the bone idle layabout you know and love. <laughs> I mean, ouch though. Yeah, yeah. I'm suing IKEA for an act of domestic terrorism and loss of beer time. Quite. I mean, so let me get this straight. On the very eve of the World Cup, you wanged your nut, were told you couldn't go out, couldn't go to the pub, and couldn't drink beer. Is that right? Correct. I mean, there's a lot of kind of last-minute injuries for the World Cup, isn't it? Uh, Kareem Benzema was one, and yeah. I, I, I was the other. Um, but this was the longest week of my life. If there hadn't been the football on, I might have put up some shelving or something. Anyway, so we have a, a bumper edition today. We do, With uh, yeah. Beaujolais Nouveau, European joints, pub royalty at the Shirkers, and some upcoming live appearances. Yeah, uh, it might be. Euro- is that European jaunts or was it joints? Sound, they, they sound better. <laughs> um, plus, we've got cracking Dulwich, pub and beer news, Chris news, drug news, all the fucking news. Some dossers, some letters, and a little thing I like to call sock med scene. Sock med scene. What's that? Uh, well, that's a new way of saying social media scene. Oh my god! I know. Try it. Sock med scene. And now we're going to the sock med scene. Wow. Just wow. I know. Sounds so cool, doesn't it? It really does. I didn't think it'd get any cooler than social media scene, but sock med scene. <laughs> wow. Wow. I look forward to saying it again. <laughs> but that's a bit later. First, anyway, on with the show, which means, of course, it must be time for the first pub quiz. And today we're in Catford. We are indeed in the oldest pub in Catford. Oh, I did yeah. not know that. A former gin palace. You, uh, you can't really, you can't really see the the glamour of the old gin palace, but you, you see the high ceilings. Can't absolutely, you? no. It is a big old gaffer. I did wonder as, as I walked in what the hell it used to be. Yeah. So yeah, it's a classic Victorian gin palace. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it was once frequented frequented by Karl Marx. Good like, lord. Get a pint here or two. Bloody hell. Uh, You've stunned me. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't happen very often. Um, okay, so um, is that enough clues? I think so. We're in Catford in a yeah. massive old gym palace yeah. where Karl Marx enjoyed a bevy. Yeah. Or two, knowing him. <laughs> uh, where in the world are we? Wow. Just wow. Well, award yourself one English pint if you guessed the Ninth Life, Catford's self-styled festival pub. So perhaps I don't need to ask you exactly what you've been up to for the last week or so. No, not for the last week or so, no. I've been mostly on the sofa. I'm sorry to say that... uh, because this, all this happened on the eve of the World Cup, you 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 missed the best Monday ever official. Wow. This was, of course, the opening Monday of the World Cup where I left the house at 11 to go to my own pub. <laughs> <laughs> and um, get in a few bevies before England spanked Iran. Mm. and then mess around with Holland and Senegal until Wales played USA in the evening. It was yeah, it was just a day, you know, it's a Monday. It's mm. a proper Monday, you mm. know. If you'd been there, we probably would have had a curry for lunch and dinner. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I won't dwell on that because, uh, yeah, it must have been a piss. It's a difficult moment for me, yeah. A difficult moment, difficult moment. Mm. Mm. Um, one thing we got up to... Uh, and again, you weren't, you weren't in town for this. You were no, out of town in Glasgow, town. which yeah, we'll hear yeah. about in a minute, I guess. Yeah. But we did the old Beaujolais Nouveau Day again. Of course, uh, yeah. Third Thursday in November, where they race the wine from the Beaujolais area to Paris and on to London. Mm. And we tried to be the first to drink it. Mm. Uh, although it did start at a reasonable sort of half ten this, this year. Yeah. Disappointing. Um, it's been half eight before, hasn't it? Yes. Yeah. I've just got to the stage in my life where I feel... If I'm setting my alarm uh, my alarm to get up and start drinking, mm. I'm probably you know, losing the human race. 
Um, yeah, I don't want to interrupt one pleasure with another pleasure. I'd rather have them sequentially. <laughs> Once, a Once a year, I quite like to have yeah. wine for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, we had wine for brunch this time okay, at Gordon's. Right. And um, rather splendidly, pedal me laid on some transport for a couple of us. Oh. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> to get, um, you know, because it's a very long way from Gordon's Wine Bar. Uh, embankment to Le Beaujolais in Covent Garden. <laughs> he couldn't possibly walk there. <laughs> um, that was really good fun, of course, it was wonderful. I left my sunglasses there and I saw the waiter carrying them past me and, mm. I, and I was at the point of the day where I thought, those are my sunglasses. <laughs> and I went to try and take them from him and he moved them out of the way thinking I was just um, oh. a drunken English fool. Yes. Well, so I actually had to go back the next day. Oh, <laughs> Well, he was partially right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we went to the Le Garrick, where the, the bar downstairs mm. is quite lively. Right. And ended up in the Harp, of course, oh, where uh, at that time of day... All you yearn for is a pint. Yeah, having yeah, especially had been several drinking, bottles. Yeah, yeah. been drinking wine all day. You're bound to need a pint. <laughs> uh, yeah, so a, a, a classic, a classic Beaujolais Nouveau day out. Um, mm. But you, of course, were up north. I was that weekend. Yeah, I've been away a couple of times uh, since we we spoke last. I was at Hamburg in Hamburg the weekend before that. Mm. Um, we, we had a book event for the Roaring Red Front, which wasn't terribly successful, well attended or, or publicised, but the the, uh, the weekend was cracking. Mm. A great time. I went to the Shabin, which is one of my favourite bars in the St Pauli part of uh, Hamburg. Uh, and it's in the book, so we gave the uh, landlady, Alex, a copy, uh, at which point you know, we couldn't buy a drink again, mm. uh, nor leave, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, so although we tried on a few occasions, every time we got close to finishing a beer, she got another one with a Mexicana. Oh, yeah. um, and then um, Stuart, my co-writer, went went back to England, and I stayed an extra night so I could uh, go to Antena, Altenar. And um, I, I woke up in the morning, not feeling great, but after a hotel breakfast, thought, where can I get a decent pint of craft ale? Mm. And um, so I put it into Google, and you know uh, when you get the blue dot telling you where you are? Mm. And I had the red dot. It was like, <laughs> this stuff is in my room. You know, it's, I'm right on it. But it turned out uh, across the road was a, uh, a, a tap room and brewery. Uh, so uh, I got there in 30 seconds, running. Very good. Um, and met Mr. Foldsy there. Mm. From, uh, Is that a coincidence? Well, uh, in a way, I didn't know he was in, in town until that morning. Uh, oh. uh, he, he got in touch to say, I hear you're in Hamburg, let's, let's go for a beer. So, oh, great. Um, yeah, it was a coincidence. Well, not entirely, because... Um, I said, you know, what are you doing here? And he said, well, actually, I wanted to ask you if I could do a Balearic set. <laughs> He'd come all that way. Just <laughs> I mean, I was really touched, but the answer yeah. was still no. 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 Sorry, Fodzy. Um Yeah, great in the Langang Brow House. Uh, and Alton R was brilliant as well, because uh, some, they've got a lovely clubhouse, lots of uh, nice beer. And uh, Jan, who you probably know from, mm. from Dunwich Hamlet, he brought over some 11.5% goes to share with everyone. Mm. Mm. Stranger brought some Danish IPA. It was just, it was a beer, I think there was some football, but mm. it was, seemed mm. like a beer festival as mm. well. Mm. And then the following weekend, went to Glasgow, which was much more successful from the uh, book front, you know, big crowd and... Uh, uh, went to the Lauriston, which is a kind of legendary pub that anybody who goes yeah, to uh, yeah. uh, Glasgow talks about. Had some lovely scotch from um, Old Pulteney. Uh, you mm. might have heard of that one. It's from Wick in the north. Mm. Uh, you probably know it as the former herring capital of Europe, I should of imagine. Of course, yes. Don't mention <laughs> herring. Your gout will flare up again. <laughs> <laughs> and I washed it all down with a, a full Scottish in the, in the morning. Jesus Christ. Oh, with a tatty so, scone. Uh, there's a tatty scone, yeah, there's haggis, scone. square sausage, bacon, yeah. black pudding, why do long things, sausage. Why do sausages taste nicer when they're square? No one knows. <laughs> no one knows. No one knows. Oh my God, yeah, <laughs> quite something. No wonder they all die by the time they're 55. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a way to go though, really. Um, yeah, I've been to, to warmer climbs uh, after that best Monday ever. Mm. I went off to uh, Marbella with a motley crew. Uh, Steve-O, Crispy, Goose, Moose and the Dentist, not, not <laughs> to mention a few others. Quite a sausage party. 
yeah. uh, and quite quite heavy really. But um, you know, quite a few sessions. As it mm. works. So there's four games a day. So you know, so yeah. you're sort of, we're watching the first one for breakfast, and then we had a couple of small halves in Barquetta. We'd have sangria in the Plaza de Naranjas. Then we go up for a set meal in uh, El Gallo. We go down to La Mar Marina for uh, gin and tonics, and then we'd watch the football. Mm. And it was just such a good day. We thought. Let's do it again today. Yeah. Let's not? do it again another day. Yeah. It's just, it was just perfection. If it ain't broke. Yeah. Um, it was really, you know, decent weather, sort of 19, 20 degrees. Um, however, me and Crispy had seen a, a flight from Malaga to Tenerife for nine euros. And we just booked it. Mm. And unfortunately, it left at 5.45 in the morning. Ow. So it did mean a sort of uh, a sleepover at the airport sort of thing yeah. after the... Uh, last England group game. Oh, God. Yeah. At my age, mm. in a suit. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, it was lovely, and actually turned into a bit of a health break after Barbella. You know, you sometimes come home, you need a holiday from your holiday. Yes. We managed to get one, me and Crispy, oh. out in, uh, yeah. in uh, Tenerife, and... Uh, Went up Mount Mount Tader again, you know, that amazing lunar landscape in the third highest volcano in the world or wherever it is. Mm. And um, I was swimming twice a day. It was gorgeous. I'm sorry you were stuck at home, but I do hope that the, the pictures of me and my speedos helped. <laughs> <laughs> I did see some fashion shocks, which... Um... <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I just, just uh, a few ideas for the holiday period, I thought. <laughs> Um, in other news, what we've been up to, we were um, we had some pub royalty into the Shirkers Rest Newcross. So I understand. Uh, a yeah. couple of weeks back, um, retired Martin NHS Martin on Twitter, mm. uh, who has been to every single pub in the Good Beer Guide. He's a legend. Is, is a legend. Mm. Uh, that's four and a half thousand pubs. Oh. I'd say it looks quite well on it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he was interviewed by Will Hawkes for the uh, Telegraph, mm. the Daily Telegraph, um, about you know his achievement. Mm. Um, we got some snaps of the Shirkers Rest in the Telegraph. Great. It came out yesterday. Oh, yeah. Did I haven't read it because I haven't got a subscription, but I know no. you have, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I saw that and I was like, who do I know who's got a Telegraph subscription? No, I don't know any cunt who's got a Telegraph Pompey Dunn's probably got one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, we have to do that um, internet archive magic and put a link up uh, to it somehow, don't we? Because right, okay, yeah. yeah, there's a way around it. So. Yeah, basically, oh, okay. yeah, screenshots, screenshots. Okay. Um, uh, so yeah, it was lovely to have them in, and uh, that's a good piece in the Telegraph. And in retired Martin has done a blog post about it as well, which you, yes, you can read, read for great. free. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, talking of the show, because we also did, um, I think this is before, before you went away, we did the Shirkers Rest to Dulwich Hamlet Express. Mm. We tried to put it to the test. This is New Cross to Dulwich, East Dulwich, Sain Sainsbury's basically. In fact, it's the P13 okay. uh, is Sainos to Sainos. Is it? Yeah. The album that David Bowie wished he'd done. <laughs> <laughs> And Steve-O actually put it on his driver and recorded 19 minutes of ride time. So mm. it's very eminently doable. Mm. So we might advertise this a bit more uh, in the new year. Yeah. Come to the show because pre-match. And then, you know, a little tinny on the P13, everyone's happy. Mm. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that worked well. Um, and what else we got? We've just got to mention, I think, a couple of live appearances we've, that we've got coming up. Yes, indeed, yeah. So we're at Water Into Beer on the 15th of December. Yeah. But before that, we're at Bookseller Crow on the on the 8th. So that's tomorrow. Will this be up? Uh, I think, uh, in all, all being well, it will come. this will come out tomorrow, Thursday the 8th. And the, in the evening, we'll be at um, Bookseller Crow in Crystal Palace, if you fancy yeah. coming along. Yeah, looking forward to that. Um, we're also doing the Broccoli Christmas Market uh, on Saturday the 10th. Um, so that's the Christmas market, which is which is at the station, not not the the regular. Ah, yes, okay. Market, yeah. Which I'm told is is very good. Okay, and we're just doing a sort of meet the come and meet the authors there. Uh, come yes. and stand near to the authors. Yes, we'll be selling the book from the Water into Beer stand. Yeah, we'll be at the Water into Beer stand if uh, you'd like that sort of thing. Yeah, and then we'll be going on to the Shirkers Rest, where we'll be uh, doing the same. Or, yeah, doing the same between five and six yeah so that's broccoli market two o'clock meet the authors 
and Shirkers Rest 5pm meet the authors. I think the other two are actually ticketed, so if you want to go to the Water Into Beer gig on the 15th, you need to look up Water Into Beer and, and uh, book a ticket. Yeah. Um. Um, and finally, on that note, can we just say thank you for your reviews? We've noticed, uh, I think uh, maybe in the last podcast, we asked, solicited, solicited some reviews, and mm. we got some. And thank you very much. It does make a difference, doesn't it? Um, it does, yes. Thank you, everyone. Especially We Celt, I think it was, who said yeah. it described our book as wonderful bollocks. Yeah, quite wonderful bollocks, yeah. yeah. So funny, she couldn't finish all her holiday booze. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a review. The news. The news. 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 Yeah. Pub and beer news first, I think, as is traditional. And yeah, what you um, got? Some couple of belting bits of bad news. Oh. First up there. is that uh, Canopy uh, Brewery of Herne Hill are closing. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Shit the bed. Yeah, that'd be all over at the end of the month. Oh, that is tragic. Yeah. Um, is that just the tap room or the, the all the brewing? The brewery. The brewery. Oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm really both, sorry both. to hear that. And possibly even uh, I don't even know what's going to happen to the sympathetic ear either. Oh, so it's the, yeah, it's the brewery, the tap room, and possibly the sympathetic ear as well. Oh, fucking uh, hell. The world will be a poorer place without Brockwell IPA. And I had a, I had one yesterday in Herne uh, Hill just to check that. It's still bloody delicious, but you won't mm. be able to buy it much oh. after December. Uh, yeah, a very sad news is Stell and Matthew have done an amazing job there in Herne Hill. It's just a kooky little hideout in Herne Hill, so it's just bad news all round, beer-wise and the places to go-wise. Yeah. And then the other one was that Dark Star is going to close. Dark Star. The, the, yeah. The brewery um, that makes Hophead. They're closing the brewery. Yeah, they're closing. But are the they are they not brewing? Dark Star on another site, though. They're brewing Hophead. They're brewing at Hophead. Fuller's. At Fuller's, okay. okay but so Dark, Hophead will continue, but yeah. Dark Star as a as Dark a, Star the brewery will is, is ended, and they oh, were using sad. that brewery to do their sort of specials. Yeah. I think Hophead's already moved by and large yeah. to London, mm. production of, and uh, hasn't changed its recipe yet. Um, so yeah, there's a couple of bits of bad news to start with. Um, Have you got anything anything good? No, I've got more bad actually. If I oh. can just um, <laughs> skip ahead somewhat, oh, um, yeah. old area in administration, yes. twisted wheel in, <gasps> uh, in the north of um, oh. in admin as well. Yeah, bloody hell. And and uh, you know, Matt Curtis was saying uh, it's just the tip of the iceberg. You know. Yeah. So yeah. Drink more beer. Must be our only response to that. Yeah. Have we got any good news? Snuffle. Snuffle, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you to um, Tristan who uh, emailed in about his little find in Sydenham um, at what was the Talma pub. It's been closed a long time, but yeah. every time I've gone past it, I thought, I wonder what it's like now. Mm. You know? and, um, somebody has opened like um, basically a an animal bar, <laughs> a wine bar, for dog lovers. <laughs> so you take your dog for a walk, you nip in there, and they've got wine and, and local beer for you. Okay. Um, and if you don't have an, uh, an animal, you can come in and stroke a dog. Oh, know? I see, I see, yeah. Okay, that's like when, like, uh, when they bring the dogs into prison to, yeah. to, to cheer up the customers or whatever they're called in prison. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's do that one day. Um, one place opening, uh, unfortunately it's the Spoons, oh. um, uh, at the O2. <laughs> They're opening a pub called the Stargazer with a 3,800 square foot beer garden with a view across the Thames. Okay, duck. Um, to recycle an old gag, it's the uh, only uh, beer garden you can see from space. <laughs> um, that's February, next February. That's another massive pub, but there seems to be mm. all the rage. Close the little ones. Open the big ends, doesn't it? Yeah. So that'd be just down the road from the new uh, Brew by Numbers mega not, tap room. It's not it? far, yeah. I don't think many people would do that on the same corner. No. But yeah, you could, you know, it'll all be on the river. Yeah. You'd do that one and uh, the pilot, Cutty Sark. Yeah. And then Enderby House and Brew by Numbers. 
put it down for the World Cup of Pub Calls. We'll come to that later. Mm-hmm. Keep okay. it up there, keep it up there. Mm. I know you can't because you've had a bang on the head. Yes. Yeah, write it down, write it down. Southie <laughs> <laughs> um, are doing a crowdfunder. Right. Um, they are asking people to pre-buy their Christmas beer mm. from them so they can afford to buy the necessary parts to produce that beer oh. uh, and fund repairs to their taproom awning, which I think has been possibly been damaged by gits, I think. Oh, no. Uh, or I'm, I might be confabulating. I've had a bad yeah. bang on the head. It might just be natural causes. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Like the wind or something. Mm. Um, OK. Uh, if you, can we do a link on the... Page maybe we can. to them, yeah, yeah. To yeah. Them. yeah. Um, I just wanted to have a quick word about working from home versus working from the pub. Have yeah. you seen a lot? There's been a lot of in the press about you know don't work from home anymore, work from the pub. Mm. Uh, which are, you know there are many things going for it. It's a bit warmer, and mm. they serve beer. Mm. Um, you know you're in the pub, not at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that's not too obvious. I just wonder that you know there is there another side of that coin though. So we we might end up with our pubs filled with people on laptops, mm. where you know turn turning them into sort of um, workspaces, offices, yeah. yeah, rather actual pubs where mm. yeah, will you still be able to run around naked from the waist down, for example, snorting cocaine off a spoon? At the shirt would be all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Ian Cleverly might, might he might not like it because he's often down there with his laptop, isn't he? Yeah. But yeah, he might say no, put that away, put that spoon down. Mm-hmm. Um, Distracting. I don't know. I don't know. We've been we've been on this before, haven't we? I think if you are on your laptop and you've got a pint, you're saying I'm open to being interrupted. Yeah. Come and have a chat. Uh, put your top back on, but come and have a chat. Uh, yeah. Ultimately, so, I'd rather people were in the pub. That's than true. Not in the yeah, well, now, now as a part um, landlord now, is is a good way of getting people in the pub, I suppose, mm. apart from anything else. I mean, if you're going to be empty on the afternoon, come on down, come on in, plug in, laptop away. Mm. Um, and the other thing was the uh, Austrian beer party. This is Sir Quino sent this to us. Um, just recently took 10% of uh, uh, a vote. Oh, really? Yeah, 10%. Mm. So uh, they're on the way. Could, yeah. You know, in future elections could yes. become the ruling party of Austria. Exactly. I mean, they've got a 10-point programme. I won't read them all, but um, they're ten, they've only got 10 points, which is a start. It's a good start, isn't it? They want a beer, fountain, a beer fountain for Vienna replacing the Hochstrahlbrunnen. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. Yeah. Uh, a mandatory aptitude test for politicians. Well, yes, that would be good. Yeah, I'm <laughs> down for that. Abolish closing times for restaurants and bars. Abolish tax on drinks in bars and compensate with a new 50% tax on Rattlers and other atrocities. <laughs> <laughs> I like these guys. Yeah, absolutely. Ban Rattlers throughout Vienna <laughs> and a universal monthly provision of a barrel of beer to all Austrian households. 50 litres per adult and 20 litres per child. No wonder they got votes. I really, if the Labour Party just yeah. borrowed a couple of these, they'd be a shoe in wouldn't they? Yeah. Crisp news? Yes, crisp news. Um... Joffen sent us an interesting flavour from uh, Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Salted egg yolk. Oh. Mm. It'd be like dipping your chip into an egg. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. Yeah. Mm. I mean, yeah, I haven't got it, but mm. you just have to imagine it. Yes, yeah, so I But I thought I'd mention it. Salivating. Oh, it's got me going a bit. I'm a, bit, it's a little bit hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, did you spot anything this time yes, out? Yes, um, roast ox crisps. Yeah. I think it's quite an odd... It's, you don't see a lot of roast ox, do you? It's not sort of a, I think an option to, for, uh, for for Christmas, is it? You know, you get turkey or, Oh, I see. You don't have a real roast ox. Yeah, no. you really don't. No. Uh, but nonetheless, there are ro- roast ox. You've there seen are. the roast ox. Oh. There's some by real crisps. Um, but I noticed the other day, they're vegetarian. Oh. Um, I mean, they're very nice, actually. Um, but it's odd. If you're going to imitate a meat, why ox? Yeah, exactly. Because nobody knows what it tastes like. No. I suppose 
you'd be led there by oxtail maybe you know you'd hope mm. you'd hope it was going to be beefy wouldn't you you would yeah. yeah but you're saying you'd be disappointed it's beefy flavored it's not um, even actual beef uh, well no I'm not disappointed they're, they're very nice I'm just curious what you know what made them say okay let's have some ox crisps <laughs> people love ox yeah <laughs> I think they're probably just trying to differentiate from beef flavour a bit yeah. like slabs when they do their uh, it's not roast beef it's beef roast yeah of course <laughs> um, the other thing I noticed in, I noticed in crisps in Glasgow I didn't realise quite what a divided city it is like religiously and culturally oh yeah um I got some Tato's, and yeah. they were from, and I described them as being from the Republic, mm. uh, and that we normally in London get ours from the, from Northern Ireland. Mm. And uh, I was told that in this particular Celtic pub, we don't use that language here. Oh, they're either Tato's are either from the occupied six counties or the Irish Free State. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> is there a hint of? jokiness about that or not really uh, yeah no a yeah, little yeah. A yeah, little. yeah yeah blimey um goose has sent in a few things unfortunately they've only just arrived so we're only going to have time for one and save the others but um thank you goose for huge a hoop uh in the national press uh schoolboy 10 finds monster three and a half inch crisp in oldie's budget version of hula hoops <laughs> That's news. Will Potts was so proud of his Whopper, he didn't eat it. Instead, the 10-year-old placed it back in his lunchbox to take home, where he later measured the six-gram monster crunch. <laughs> proud mother, Angela of Chester, said the lad was thrilled by the discovery of the giant ready-sorted snack. It should be submitted to the Guinness World Records, said an oldie spokesman. <laughs> I bet they did. They bloody love it, don't they? The oldie marketing department. When he came home, he said, look what was in my crisp packs, and said Angel. He opened his lunchbox and showed me the giant hoop. Uh, I'll show you a picture of it there. That is impressive. That's quite extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, he, he didn't want to eat it, and we still have it. We told Aldi, and they said it was amazing, and to contact the Guinness World Records, so we have. Um... And it reminded the uh, author of this piece uh, about, in August last year, Sam Lightfoot made a similar discovery after finding a 9.5 centimetre salt and vinegar hula hoop. The 26-year-old of Aldershot, Hampshire, said, the discovery was up there in the top 10 moments of his life. <laughs> but when I opened it, I was like, what? Then I realised. It was an extra long hula hoop. Amazing. Reported yeah. the Daily Express, which was once a decent newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> yes, wonders never cease, do they? And another reason why you should never leave London. <laughs> um, and on a sort of topical note, just to finish off Chris Muse, I'd mm. like to wish you, Vinny, mm. personally, mm. a very Merry Christmas. Yeah, thanks, yeah. No, Chris. Christmas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Christmas. Happy Christmas, mate. Yeah. No, watch my lips. Look. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Stop doing that. <laughs> Christmas. Merry, happy Christmas. <laughs> Mrs. Raider, can you come get him? <laughs> oh, forget it. <laughs> Every year. Unbelievable. Next up, um, we've got what we call drug news, I believe. Yeah. Um, fixed Beers sent us a little note saying that Germany is to legalise recreational cannabis. Is did you, right? did yeah. you see any sign of this when you were there? Uh, last no, there's plenty, plenty of smoking going on. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, think it's medicinal. A lot of people are saying uh, this will be the tipping point. You know, if Germany mm. legalises it, then everyone else in Europe will follow. Mm. So well, I can only hope. Interesting, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's you know, there's plenty of it on the uh, on the terraces, of the football. Yeah. Um, and yeah, outside bars and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it is. Yeah, I think maybe in a city like Hamburg, you can probably get away with it. But I know yeah. that's not the case all around the country. Mm. Um. Well done, Germany, and then. Uh, Cyclodunk sent in a story about Tyg Furlong. Um, did, have you, did you know Tyg Furlong? He's the prop forward for Ireland. No. The Occupied Six Territories. 
Or was it the other way around? <laughs> <laughs> well, if he's playing for Ireland, that's, that would be the free... free so that's the whole, whole island of, of is. Ireland, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. There's no such thing as... An, no. uh, I wonder what they make of that in Glasgow. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a, he's, he, he, he had a, a potato addiction. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so the article said, uh, it's been a few years since we learned Ireland prop Tyg Furlong was in the grips of a six to ten a day potato addiction. And we hoped uh, he might have got clean by now. But this, this week, the 29-year-old made a telling comment which suggested he's still struggling to kick the habit. After his name captain for Saturday's game against Fiji, a journalist suggested to Furlong that maybe he dreamed of this moment as a child, an idea the 20-stone Leinsterman quickly dismissed. So what did he fantasise about as a little boy? Asked the journalist. Spuds. <laughs> He replied, Spuds, gravy, the mother's Sunday roast. <laughs> I share that fantasy. Yeah, yeah. I share that fantasy. Listen, yeah. Well done, Tyg. Um, in further drug news, um, oh, yeah. the film of the year for 2023 is undoubtedly going to be Cocaine Bear. <laughs> um, the <laughs> trailer for the movie... Um, has recently uh, been released online and uh, yeah it looks like a cracker and it's based on a true-ish story yeah. the true part is that there was a bear in I think Georgia maybe um, that ate a brick of cocaine mm. you know, he found, found like a duffel bag full of cocaine and mm. basically ate it all uh. Uh, and, and, and went a bit potty in the movie you know he's obviously you know boring the arse off all the other forest animals <laughs> and <laughs> tell him his idea for a silent movie <laughs> and uh, yeah chasing I... people up trees and eating people from well known sitcoms <laughs> <laughs> um but yes, uh, I mean, in truth, he did uh, die of multiple organ failure. So uh, yeah, uh, yeah, but so there's a warning in there. You know, yeah. Um, don't know yeah. if that's in the film or not. You no. know, but yeah, drugs can be dangerous, uh, as as can nature. But you know, it did have a happy ending in that eventually um, they uh, stuffed him and sh- stuck him, uh, propped him up in a shopping mall somewhere. So oh. you know, he's happy now. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Good old cocaine bear. That reminds me. Of a, of, a, of a local uh, cocaine-related tale. Mm. Um, a friend of ours, who I'll call Wayne. Right, um, I know who you mean, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, he lives in um, Leafy Dulwich, mm-hmm. SE21. And uh, he, was, he was home alone on a Friday night about three weeks ago. <laughs> and there's a knock on the door about 11 o'clock. And he went to the door, and there was a guy standing there. Just he obviously didn't have great English, but he was saying to him, "Envelope, envelope." And Wayne, Wayne was like, "I'm sorry, I don't understand what you mean." Envelope, envelope," said the guy. And Wayne said, "Look, I don't know what you mean. I'm going to close the door now. And thanks for calling." <laughs> <laughs> so he closed the door, and uh, as he walked back to the living room, he spotted an envelope mm-hmm. on the floor that uh, his dog had opened. <laughs> so the envelope was empty, but lying next to it were six large bags of crack. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so uh, Wayne being Wayne, scooped up all the crack, opened the door, ran out into the street, saying, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me, this is a bit drug dealer. Is this what you're looking for? Uh, but the guy had gone. The guy had gone. So um, he took it back and um, he actually rang my missus to say, uh, well, I think his missus rang my missus to say, what should we do with all mm. this crack? Mm. I, was, I was there when she took the call. I was like, bring it to Marbella. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. No. He didn't. He didn't. Um, so they, they put it on, the, um, on their mantel shelf in their uh, sitting room where it remains to this day. No. Yeah. Six bags <laughs> of crack. Because the other day, uh, Wayne's missus was saying to my missus, um, still got that crack on the mantelpiece. <laughs> and she was like, oh, I didn't know you'd had an accident and you'd broken the mantelpiece. No, 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 not that sort of crack. No, no crack proper cocaine. crack. Yeah. <laughs> there it sits, they don't know what to do. Oh. They're, they're waiting for him to come back, and they're waiting for the guy to come back, or yeah, someone to come back with a shooter. That's why they've kept it. Mm. I mean, really, they probably should have gone to the police uh, straight away, but... Um, yeah. So anyway, when we go round to uh, his next, it's going to be a fucking excellent party. Mm. <laughs>
We've finished the crisp news, we've finished the drug news, and that means it's got other news. Is there any other news? news. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I did see something that um, someone sent in about the French. Uh, Apparently they're getting lazier. No. Yeah. This is according to a headline in the Daily Telegraph, our new sponsor. According to the Daily Telegraph, a new study shows that the vast majority of French people are happy to work less, Mm -hmm. boosting the left's claim of a right to idleness. Mm. Vive la France. Vive la France, absolutely. I mean, I I thought of, I I might rewrite the headline, French are getting lazier, as the French are getting happier. Mm. Or smarter. Yeah. Um, Good. Well done, France. Yeah. Well done, France. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think the uh, Japanese are getting happier. Um, no. I saw something. Somebody sent it to me. I apologise to whoever it is um, about um, Japanese nap boxes. Uh, for people on. who who, who uh, want to have a nap at work. Oh yeah. Rather than go home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> clock out. Oh, I see. Um, they have these bo- upright boxes. They look like upright coffins. Oh. And you can have you can have a nap in them standing up. Standing up. That's torture. But they have a they have some kind of support at, oh, okay. at various points. It's a lean. Yeah, it's more of a lean. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, I'm not sure that's a great innovation. I mean, I'm happy to nap anywhere, but uh, yeah. I mean, it's all right, I suppose, if you've got a bit of a hanging and you want to get you know, 20 minutes, 40 winks. Mm, mm. But it's not good if it, you have to do that instead of going home or yes. going out to lunch. I mean, mm. yeah, what, what will they think of next? I wouldn't mind a go in one, though. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, we'd better push on, hadn't we? Uh, yeah, we've got another pub to go to. We've got another to. pub to go to, yeah. Uh, we haven't got there yet, so we're uh, hoping we'll be able to record. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, where are we going next? So, it's another one in Catford. It's another one in Catford. It's recently opened or reopened. Clever. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, what else can we say about it? It's got a fairy tale rooftop bar on the ceiling. Not on the ceiling, <laughs> on the uh, roof. The clues in the name. Clues in the name. Yeah, which is, is closed during winter, of course. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's probably enough. That's isn't probably it? enough. It's in Catford. Mm. It's close. It's just recently reopened or opened. Mm. More on that anon. And in the summer months, it has a fairy tale rooftop bar. Mm. I quite like saying fairy tale roof- rooftop bar. Almost as much as sock medicine. <laughs> <laughs> we better go. Yeah. yourself one English pint if you guessed correctly that we are in the Catford Constitutional Club. I think it might be called the Catford Constitutional now or even just oh, is it? Constitutional. Oh yeah the sign on the front is just Constitutional. Yeah it? yeah. Um, but certainly on the website I think it had Constitutional Club but I think okay. they're kind of trading on the previous place aren't they? And, uh, yeah. I think when we announced that it was reopening, we didn't last month. Or yeah, it was. We didn't realise it's a completely different premises, completely different yeah. sort of concept and everything. Absolutely, because we really, we really like the old place in that ramshackle old building um, around the corner. Loved it. Yes. Um, but this is more like, I guess, the job centre or that one in West Norwood. Yeah. This got. is in an old Argos. Yeah. And um, it looks like it. Yeah, it does look it, it, like it. It's, yeah. yeah, it's a big triangular space. Yeah. Um, with some of their, you know, tradi- their, their, their um, you know, kooky furniture and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as you'd expect. It's quite loud music, as you may be able to hear. Uh, yeah. I've got a lovely pint of Joy Poor, though. Yeah. That's always a bonus when you see that. Yeah. Normally, I, if I see that on a pump plate, I can send a photo of it to Mrs. Raider and she knows not to expect me for dinner. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you had to order that in order to get something that you could taste because you were saying since you've had your bang on the head, you yes. can't taste proper. Well, I don't know about taste, but you know, I haven't had the, the beer first that I normally have. I mean, yeah. most days I get I get the, the brain sends me a signal that you need a pint about 10am. 
um, but I restrain myself uh, yeah. many days and uh, for a lot of the day. Uh, but I haven't. Yeah, that's a weird, weird symptom of the bang on the head. I don't turn um, crave the pint no. at the moment. No, I'm no. sure it will come back. Yeah, like you no, know, I, I can't. I, I, by next week, I'll be playing the piano. <laughs> It's a very worrying turn of events. I'm glad to hear that everybody at the Shirkers was, you know, broadly, oh, yeah, broadly were, everyone was very sympathetic. They were when very sympathetic. It was lovely to hear, um, you know, people concerned after my health, people like Emma and, yeah, uh, uh, yeah lots of people, lots of the sharks. Uh, really, everybody, really, apart from Pompey Dunk, who thought oh. it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then he's a weirdo. <laughs> um, okay, well... Here we are at the Cat for Constitutional or Cat for Constitutional Club. Um, pushing on, we, well, perhaps we should say something about the World Cup since we're in the middle of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. It's been fucking brilliant. Yeah. Best World Cup ever. Best World Cup ever, yeah. Yeah. Probably is, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry for, for those who uh, are boycotting. I, I understand oh. that, you know, the reasons behind it. But I would say, if you are boycotting Qatar 22 and didn't boycott Russia 18, it's just a phase you're going through. <laughs> I read that um, the last place to host the World Cup uh, in which homosexuality uh, is illegal, was illegal, was England in 1966. Wow, is that right? <laughs> Have we got to boycott that now? <laughs> is that true, actually? I haven't verified it, okay. I only read it. I believe everything I read, which, uh, yeah. as you know, makes me a very selective reader. <laughs> <laughs> Can you name that film quote? <laughs> no, no. Final Tap, I think of it is. Course, I think of it course. Is. Can I talk to you about a previous World Cup, the 1930 World Cup? Yes, please. Okay, this was on, and this should really be in Sock Med Scene. Um, what a phrase. But <laughs> as we're talking about the World Cup, I want to talk about uh, the upshot is a, 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 a do, this, do this great thread on the 1930 World Cup, which was absolutely mental. The refs wore suits, the, the Bolivians played in berets, and the Romanian team was selected by the king. And that's just the tame stuff. Uh, the tournament was hosted by Uruguay, and the European sides sailed together across the Atlantic aboard a Scottish steamship. Uh, they trained on the top deck and stopped off in Rio to pick up the Brazilians. Uh, what? Sounds sensational. I know. Egypt, the only African representatives, were supposed to join but set off late and missed the boat. The pharaohs telegraphed their apologies, leaving the tournament with an awkward 13 teams. Mm. When the football kicked off, Argentina quickly established themselves as the bad boys. Police had to intervene after a violent scrap in their game against Chile, but it was their 6-1 semi-final win over the USA where things really got ugly. A first-half horror tackle left one of their opponents with a broken leg and the game descended into a mass brawl. An Argentine player knocked four teeth out of an American's mouth and another ended up in hospital with injuries to his stomach. In possibly the most slapstick moment in World Cup history, the American manager rushed onto the field to confront the ref, tripped and smashed a bottle of chloroform in his pocket. The fumes knocked him unconscious and he had to be stretched off. The, the final saw Uruguay take on their hated neighbours Argentina and more than, more than 15,000 Argentinian fans headed to Montevideo on board a steamship. But the ship got lost in heavy fog and they arrived a day late to the news their team had lost, kicking off riots. I may have to reappraise my best World Cup ever. <laughs> really? Yeah. So read his letters. Read his letters. <laughs> yeah, Hugh Keogh has um, been considering his own response oh, okay, <laughs> to nice. his letter Good. about yeah. dead pubs. Mm. You know, which, de which, which dead pub would you like to bring back, which mm. we discussed last time, didn't we? Mm. What's he found? He's, he, he, while sinking a few in the rusty bucket last night, mm. he writes, I had to think about the dead pub, London pub, that I'd want to resurrect, and it's the Queen's Elm in Chelsea. Uh, here's Laurie Lee, it's most regular on why. The Laurie Lee wrote, It's not the comfort, it's not the service, it's the people. 
Oliver Reed, Michael Craig, Bill Travers, Ronald Fraser, Sean Connery, Eric Sykes, John Leviat, John Laverna, Lucian Freud, Bobby Birch, Reginald Bosenkett, <laughs> cartoonist Gerald Scarf, Frank Dickens, Jack, artist Bill Thompson, some people I can't read, PRSs, Olympic swimmers, diminutive Corsican crooks, Turkish pearl divers, Cliff Richards guitarist, Ava Gardner, <laughs> Bear Ridriff models, students, <laughs> Irish, Russians, Basques, photographers, cops, robbers, lone drinkers, writers, poets, golfers, psychiatrists, <laughs> bar barristers, judges, drifters, dreamers, doctors, bank managers, the vicar of Chelsea. <laughs> Six o'clock empty, seven o'clock accountants, and solitary boozers and a warm wave of erotic air. Not for me. Too crowded, too crowded, too crowded, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that, Hugh. And that was uh, Laurie Lee on the Queen's Elm in Chelsea. Uh, if only, one day, one day. Um, and uh, we also were going to talk about some World Cup of Pub suggestions. Uh, we mentioned last... World Cup, World Cup of Pub Crawls, I yes. should say, suggestions. We mentioned last time that we had a think about doing a World Cup of Pub Crawls. And, and of course I've done nothing about it. <laughs> we asked, we solicited some uh, pub crawls that you liked. We got quite a few in. I mean, Folsey, uh, he'd probably want to do a Balearic set in all of these, wouldn't mm -hmm. he? But Folsey came up with, um, for example, start at Broccoli Brewery, then go to the London Beer Dispensary, yeah. Chandos, yeah. an optional can at the top of the Blythe Hill oh, Fields. Yeah. That's a nice idea because you can always have a little number. Yeah, and then the Blythe. Yeah. A simple, simple. four pub walkable mm -hmm. crawl. James came up with um, the great, what he called the great train pubbery. Yes, I like that. He uh, start at the Harp a, in Covent Garden. That's a uh, great start. Yeah. You jump on a train at Charing Cross towards Lew East and you go to the King's Arms. Nice. You jump on a train to London Bridge and you go to the Rose. Interesting. You jump on the train to Ladywell and go to the Ladywell Tavern. Mm. And then jump on a train to Catford and go to the Blythe. Well, I mean, any pub crawl that starts at the Harbour and ends in the Blythe is going yeah. to be golden. I mean, he does add, alternatively, you could just fuck it all off and go to the Blythe. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it did beg the question because some of the others that um, were sent in either had very long walks between them, mm. and you know I did respond to one saying you know that's a very long leg you've mm. got there, and they responded back. Unfortunately, I can't remember who it was. That's what the bus is for. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think I'm I'm kind of sort of against um, public transport on a pub crawl. I think I am as well. I, I think I it's got to be, be a walk. walk it. Yeah. Got, yeah. I mean, I love the walk idea of going to the train, you know, going to the pub on the train. Yeah. Or, or the bus. I mean, it doesn't really bother me, but I, I don't want to crawl. No, I want to walk yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I think if we're going to have rules, mm. we should have, they should be walking walking crawls. Yeah. It sounds a little bit too much like organisation. I mean, it this does, is what you yeah. need Pompey Dunk for, isn't he? He would be very good on the timetables. Yes, he probably would, yeah. But I think for, for, for us, it's probably, you know, we, we, we're looking for walking crawls. Yeah. So we need walking crawls. We'll devise some walking crawls yeah. and have a World Cup of those if we if, ever get round to it. If we get round to it. <laughs> I mean, I think if we're going to do it, we should really do it before Christmas, shouldn't we? All right, I see. I think I've run out of time. I'm not taking any more bookings. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, and then, uh, yeah, uh, Alistair Fife sent one in, didn't he? Um, Alistair wrote, Oh, yeah. When in an unfamiliar area and in need of a quick pint, mm. and you have a choice of more than one pub in front of you, what signs from the outside of the pub mm. make you choose your pub? It's a very interesting question. Yeah, yeah, for outside, yes. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to, to gauge, but yet somehow you do get a, an idea, don't you? Whether, yeah. Whether, whether or not this is just a kind of Foster's pub, you know? Yeah, exactly. Something about it. Alistair says he goes with hanging baskets of real flowers. It's, it, that's probably a fairly safe bet that they've got cascade, isn't it? <laughs> probably is, actually, yeah, because, I mean, even the spoons do those, and they have cascade, don't they? Mm -hmm. um, 
My my one uh, my my first thought was the uh, the castle in Crystal Palace Road, East Dulwich, mm. which has a sign outside all year round saying, "If you're not wearing a top, <laughs> you will not get served." That says to me. This is a rough ass, and it's right up my straw. So. <laughs> it's not. It's not going to give the great beer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, indeed, they only have like Neckel. Well, they've got obviously they've got good Guinness. It's an Irish pub, but uh, yeah, that's the first thing that popped into my mind. And then the other thing was the um, a simple sign like at the Hermit's Cave in Camberwell, which says "Best Beer Round Here." Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's all it says. Cask I mean, marks. Cask mark. Yeah. Is. Uh, might help. Yeah, it might help. It's not entirely no, reliable, it's is not, it? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the plough on Lord's Lane has got one of those. Bloody awful. Right, yeah. I mean, we were just at Ninth Life, as, as, as you know, and there's a sign outside saying, All games shown. Uh, I said, You were uh, showing Stockport versus Charlton? <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> they meant uh, World Cup games, presumably. Yes, well, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a misleading yeah. sign. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. my lawyers will be in touch. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, yeah. If you've got any ideas about what you what what, what um, would lead you into a pub from the outside, let us know. Drop us a line on Twitter or email. Or yeah, Shirkers Rest will surely nick it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> It's you better. Don't prefer, you don't prefer it. You, I do. You, you prefer it to the social media scene. Yeah, social media scene. That's social quite media. cool. It's quite <laughs> that is, now you say it again. <laughs> I'm coming around to the social media scene again. Oh. Right, what have we got for the social media scene or sock med scene? Um, I spotted a shot, uh, a screenshot from a dating site that someone posted. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's what you tell your wife, is it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was someone saying, what do you do? And they replied, oh, I cook meals for the homeless, drug addicts, people with addictions to gambling and alcohol, that sort of thing. Oh, cool. Charity work. No, I work at Weatherspoons. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was very good. It made me chuckle. And they'd probably be a keeper. Yeah. Make a gag. If you're not getting a date, make a gag. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then also... Uh, Someone was wondering why why people take grammar so seriously. Mm. Why it's why it's so important. Yeah, yeah, it uh, is. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I have some sympathy with that. I mean, I, you know, I, I get het up about an apostrophe the wrong way, or <laughs> your you, you your do. and your yeah. and things like that. But I try and let it wash over me. Yeah, let it wash over me. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you can't. And sometimes it is very important. So, um, and. I took Anthony Hilton's point when he suggested on Twitter that the grammar is important because it's the difference between helping your Uncle Jack off a horse <laughs> and helping your Uncle Jack fuck a horse. <laughs> it's absolutely crucial, isn't it? Yes. Which reminded me of a pre... I'm sure we've mentioned it previously, but... Reminded me of how a, you know a colon in, in a sentence can change, <laughs> change, completely change its meaning. For example, instead of going outside for lunch, Reginald stayed at his desk and ate his sandwich. But you know, if you use a colon in that sentence, for example, it could completely change it. Instead of going outside for lunch, Reginald stayed at his desk and ate his colon. <laughs> you knew that was coming, didn't you? So did I. Um, yeah, no, that's very good. I haven't heard that one before, the uncle. Helping your Uncle Jack off no, a horse. No, no, that's good. No, helping like your that uncle. No, no. Um, did you spot anything? Yes, um, I saw at You Would Know uh, just a little uh, one-liner that made me laugh. Uh, she said, I'm at the stage of hungover where I just told a noisy plane flying over my house to grow up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Uh, and there was another classic from Streatham Rovers. Oh, yeah. Uh, this... Every, everyone's second team. <laughs> yeah. They, they put up a uh, very touching tweet on um, November 9th. Mm. 
to say the thoughts of all at Streatham Rovers Football Club are with the American people on this, the 21st anniversary of the horrific events of 9-11. Um, <laughs> Um, and they, they, they continued, they responded to some abuse they got to say, to every idiot claiming we've got the wrong date, do you have any idea how offensive you're being? How about you get off the internet and get yourself some re real friends, you sad little freaks? Which they followed with, okay, we did actually get the date wrong. And we apologise for that, but ultimately that shouldn't be allowed to distract from what it was a genuine and heartfelt memorial message. <laughs> and uh, they followed that by uh, saying, To everyone having a go at us for this, I'd just like to humbly remind you that it wasn't Streatham Rovers Football Club that hijacked a bunch of airplanes and threw them into buildings. A bit of perspective here wouldn't go amiss. We consider this the end of the matter. <laughs> Oh. oh, absolute classic. Well played, Robert. <laughs> yeah. There was something else that uh, caught my eye. This was from Fourfoot. Um, he tweeted, Daughter has just invented a game called Hypothetical Celebrity Visits. Mm. There's a knock at the door. It's Sigourney Weaver. She says she needs a shit. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> She's laughing like fuck at this. How's your Sunday going? Followed by Bob Mortar is now here and he wants a surprise sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and then very needy these celebrities, aren't, aren't they? they? Yes. Andrew Ridgely is at your door. Amazon have put a note through his door saying his Dukes of Hazard box set was delivered to your address. <laughs> You're out of your mind on speed. He has a nosebleed. No such parcel has been dropped off at yours. What do you do? <laughs> Lots of Lots of people got involved, and one that uh, really made me chuckle was uh, Helen Bonham Carter rocks up and says she has some leftover tarmac from another job. <laughs> and would you like your drive doing for 300 quid, cash only? <laughs> 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 Oh dear, what have I got? I've got one more. Oh yes, the nicknames. Oh, keep having nicknames, they keep coming up, don't they? Yeah, but, uh, yeah. There's a couple I hadn't seen before, I don't know yeah. how common it is, but Ned James sent us <laughs> one of the ones from the thread. Um, my dad called my uncle the exorcist. Because <laughs> yeah. every time he left the house, there were no spirits left. <laughs> That's brilliant. And, um, yeah, I scrolled through it, and all the classics were there, you know. Uh, um, Fitz, remember Fitz Hall, the uh, yes. footballer? Yeah. Remember his nickname? Yeah, One Size. <laughs> Played for Oldham. One Size Fitz Hall. That's, that's where we first saw him at Oldham. Mm. One Size Fitz Hall. I mean, honestly, it's brilliant. And then there's a guy with a massive head who was known as the Sniper's Dream. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, more contemporary one was Liz Truss. Apparently she was known as Daggers. I had heard that. I had heard someone yeah. call her Daggers. She was known to the civil service as Daggers. It was short for Dagenham. And she was two stops past Barking. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Yeah. Very good. A thought before we leave uh, the sock med scene. Mm. <clears throat> the ghost of Imperial Fields. Oh, possibly a tooting fan. Yeah. Uh, said, if Twitter closes down, what am I going to do at work? <laughs> uh, and it made me think, mm. what are we going to do for the sock med scene yeah. if Twitter closes down? Yeah. Please, Elon, don't shut it down or stop being a dick. <laughs> More accurate. Both. <laughs> well, I think that's all we have time for. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, thanks again for your reviews of the book and the podcast. Uh, they do mean a lot, don't they? They do, yes. Thank you, yeah. I think they'll probably help future slackers find us as well. So it's a public service. Yeah. What you got on now? Uh, I think I'm going to go down to the Shirkers Rest, Newcross. Um, a friend of the show, James Dowdswell, remember the author of, of the Pub Manifesto, yes, yes. is launching his new beer. <laughs> the lazy IPA. Oh, you know he's got a lazy good. eye. That's very good. James. Lazy yeah. IPA is very good. So I'm going to drop in there and say, hi, what about you? What are you up to? 
Yeah, I mean, that, that sounds good, to be honest, but uh, I was thinking curry wank for the Japanese networks. We have a winner. Oh, sorry, sorry, James, I'm coming with you. Okay. <laughs>